Hey. <laughs> How's it going? It's going all right. Welcome to Friends and Factoids, everybody. Episode six. I'm Devin. And I'm Stephanie. So how are you doing today? I am doing all right. You know, it's been crazy with the kids getting out of school and doing their thing and out to the pool and out to the lake to visit sisters and just crazy, but very good. Summertime fun. It's funny because the schedule starts off like pretty blank. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this uh, we have to do this. Oh, because all the festivities are on right know. now and everything. So all the good free stuff around. All right. Us so is do on. you have a cold? Or is no, this... this is not a COVID. It's not a cold. <laughs> I know it's not. If you had COVID and didn't tell me, I'd be really pissed. So I know it's not COVID. Oh, I'm Poor sorry. It, it's not. It's not allergies. too. It's not uh, too soon to bring that out again. You know, <laughs> no. it's still Rona, around. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just allergies. I had a big little, a big Ugh. little. That makes sense. You know yeah, you what know. I mean? Allergy attack with all the white fluff that's out there. Ugh. and Cottonwood so, so bad yay this year. To the seasonal allergies. Right? So yeah, I'm a little more nasally than usual today. Hey, you know, it's all good as long as you're feeling okay. <laughs> but I can breathe that's all that and matters. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, well, and as long as you're not feeling like crap, that's all that matters. No, no, no. Feeling great. I can breathe. Dude. Ready to go. Hey, and hmm. you had a camping trip, didn't you? How did yeah, that we go? Did a couple, we did a couple family camping trips. Cool. For weekends. Well, we had one and then um, we stayed in a cabin for that one. It was good. It was local, awesome. but it was fun. And then my brother-in-law's 50th birthday. Oh, right. So we had a barbecue for that, which was a lot of fun. Hanging out awesome. in the backyard and stuff like that with the chickens. Always. <laughs> with the chickens. <laughs> they were allowed to run free uh -oh. later on in the day. So it was a lot of fun. We haven't paralyzed them yet. No, no. Anybody's not around. Anybody's not around. <laughs> oh, it's too oh, funny. So, so funny. I have to tell you, my stepsister sent me videos from the new kids on the block. Um, Salt and Peppa. Who else mm -hmm. was there? It was the, uh, oh, this was the recent one, it, though, this just, year. Yeah. Because they redid that mixtape tour thing, but they did, um, I forget who was this year, because it was new kids. It was Salt and Peppa, and it was, uh, Tiffany and Debbie Gibson when I okay, went. Okay, so they weren't there. I cannot think of who and, it was. Um, and Naughty by Nature, myself. I think, was there too okay. when I went. Yeah, that was but a couple of years ago. she kept sending me videos and I was like, I can't go to bed. I need to keep watching these. It was <laughs> oh, awesome. it's so much fun. I know. It is so much fun. We'll get there, you and I, it together is. at some point. I know. Well, and it was funny, too, because the, there's only one concert that's happened around here that I even was remotely interested in. And it's just because I've been so many times, but going to see the Bare Naked Ladies was always fun for me. So oh, yeah, I think it was Bare Naked fun. Ladies, um, Goo Goo Dolls, I don't know, it was some, oh, you know. That would be it fun. Was I haven't even looked because I know it's just getting time off. I, I, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I was with the sister that I would have gone to those concerts with. So, you know, it was all good. It worked out good. <laughs> it all right. did. You know what? What? You're up to go first. Oh, is it my turn this time? Okay, cool. All right, so... One of the things that um, looking or listening into my trivia podcasts that I like to try and answer and see how really not smart I am. Um, and it, a lot of things ask about questions about the wonders of the world. And I probably maybe could have named three before. I probably couldn't name any. I'd probably have to. I know I've heard of them. I know right. I've heard them. But to name them off off the top of my head, no. Well, so what I did is I went through the wonders of the world. And then there is, um, it's called the New Seven Wonders Foundation. They actually made new wonders of the world with man-made structures. So I have a couple of little lists and stuff like that with just some information on some of them. Oh, I thought it would be cool. kind of cool to you know, kind of refresh or... or Learn in the first place. <laughs> Teach me. <laughs> All right. So the ancient wonders of the world was a list made by um, the Greek historian, and I'm going to butcher this, but Herodotus. It's Herodotus. So Herodotus, maybe. Um, he oh, lived from 484. Is... I know, right? 484 to 425 BC. Oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um wow. And another scholar who I'm going to butcher his name, Callimachus of Cyrene. And he lived from 305 to 240. So he's a little older than, or I should say younger, um, at the Museum of Alexandria is where they made this list. So the first one, which is one of the best known, it's the only one that's still standing, is the Great Pyramids of Giza. So 
those are in Egypt. It's oh, the yeah. only... I was going to say, that must be the Egypt pyramids. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's the only wonder that still exists today. So the other names for them is the Pyramid of Khufu and the Pyramid of Cheops. So oh. it's the oldest and the largest of the ancient wonders and the only one that still exists. So that's probably why we all remember it. Oh, but it's cool. 481 feet tall. It, it used to be the tallest man-made structure. Um, it was encased in smooth limestone, although that's mainly gone now, so it's a little bit rougher. I'd love to get there to see it. Um, there's three known chambers. The first one is um, the lowest was cut into bedrock, but it still remained unfinished. The second was the um, queen's chambers, and the third was the king's chambers. So it contained a granite sarcophagus that were higher up within the structure. So they were actually built and they're in there like super cool to even think about how the architecture was done. Mm -hmm. um, so it actually is thought now that I say that, that the architect may have been Khufu's vizier. And the only reason I know that word is from Aladdin, the royal vizier. Oh. Um, yeah. And it's thought that the architect could have been his royal vizier um, for these chambers. So there are also two mortuary temples that were used to bury followers after death, tombs for the immediate family and court of Khufu, and three small temples for his wives and Why even smaller satellite <laughs> temples. Yeah. So I was actually watching a really cool, and I wish I had written it down. Um, it's uh, just a small thing on Netflix um, about uncovering the um some some tombs or so you know that they had found and it's really really interesting to watch them go and it's like you know egypt's not going to give them any more money to continue researching unless they find something new and then lo and behold it shows them like getting down to the wire and they find something new and oh. it's really cool oh, i'll have okay. to look so it up maybe and, keep um, getting... tell you i think it was on yeah, they can kind of keep going because they found something. something. They found else. another chamber. So and another reason for them through. to keep finding it. Yeah. And then all of the scholars that come in and start uncovering some of these and using their tools and all of that stuff. It's just super cool. You know, it's like almost like watching a dinosaur dig, but you're, you know, looking at all of the tools and how they would um, excavate for the bones. And this way, they're actually doing it to um, the statues and, you know, looking at all of that right, stuff. Right. It was really cool to watch. Um, yeah. So the second one is called Colossus of Rhodes. So this one I had heard of, but again, not smart, didn't know. It's a statue of the Greek god of the sun, Helios. It stood as high as the Statue of Liberty which is about, it was about 108 feet high, yeah, or 33 meters. It was the largest statue in the ancient world, but it collapsed in an earthquake in 226 BC. Oh, wow. Isn't wow. it crazy? Can yeah. I, <laughs> I so, can't even like wrap my head around those times, I, right? Like no. just that, that it started It's so insane. Long and ago. To, like, <laughs> well, and to think about obviously how brilliant some of those people were to put all of that together is just yes. super cool. Um, there have been proposals made to make a rendition of it, but no one can decide where it, like, where it should go. And they don't exactly know where the first one was. They would like to build it where the first one was, but they can't prove exactly where it stood. Right. So I think everyone just kind of keeps going back and forth on what they're going to do. Um, the third one I've heard a lot about, and it looks beautiful in pictures, but I learned something that pretty interesting. It's the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, which are now in Iraq, but okay. it may not actually have been real. It might have just been a popular myth that was written about so much because no one's found the actual site. Oh. So, yeah, it's... Um, they either that or they think that it existed but was destroyed in the first century because there's no other writings about it past then um and then the legend may have actually re been referring to a well-documented garden that a syrian that an assyrian king had built near modern day Mos Mosul. so if you look back at some pictures of the hanging gardens of babylon like it looks like a stunning place just built out of a cliff with these hanging vines and it's stunning but it's interesting it's like, to me to think that it may not have even been real but it may it's just be a legend list too right it's like the legend <laughs> yeah absolutely so the fourth one is the lighthouse of alexandria 
Um, it was commissioned by Ptolemy I and constructed in 351 BC. It stands still in um, Pharos, Alexandria, Egypt, and it was known to be 103 to 118 meters. Um, it was on a square base, but had uh, an octagonal middle and then a cylindrical top. It's super cool to look at. Oh, wow. um, it was also severely damaged in the earthquakes between 956 and 1323 AD, and it became an abandoned ruin. So they've found stones um, in the harbor that they say came from the lighthouse as recently as the 1990s even oh, oh wow yeah uh, the fifth one was the mausoleum of helicarnassus which is also known as the tomb of mausolus it, the tomb was built between 353 and 350 bc in what is now turkey um, and it was designed by greek architects it's uh, elevated about 45 meters, so 148 feet. The four sides were decorated with ornate reliefs. So a relief is a structure where the carvings are made of the same material as the background. So almost like an indentation or an impression, mm -hmm. um, like coins would be. Um, or Mount Rushmore is another example of one. But earthquakes, again, destroyed it in 1494. Shocker. Um, and this is where we get the word mausoleum from, because mausoleum means an above ground tomb. Yes. I almost, I almost said tool. Oh, tool. <laughs> <laughs> I had to correct myself. There are a lot of above ground tools. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the sixth one was the statue of Zeus at Olympia. It was a granite, oh my gosh, a giant seated feature. Um, it was a scene from Hercules. It yep. stood about 41 feet tall and stood in the temple of Zeus. It was um, done by Greek sculptor Phidias in 435 BC in Olympia, Greece. Zeus is known as the god of the sky and thunder. He rules as the king of the gods on Mount Olympus. He's probably one of the only ones that I remember. I want to do another segment on that because... Greek mythology, there... grade nine. <laughs> uh, see, I can't remember anyone. <laughs> and I never learned anything about it. So... A lot of the names that I know is like, I honestly never really put it together that there's Greek mythology, Roman mythology. And so even like learning about um, like the stars and, all, you know, all galaxies and all of that stuff and how everything is named based on a lot of those figures, I want to look into more of it because I think that's super cool. Um, so this statue of Zeus was made of ivory plates and gold panels on a wooden framework. Oh, wow. So he was, yeah, so Zeus sat on a throne of painted cedar wood, and he was ornamented with gold, ebony, ivory, and precious stones. And yes, I did sing the song when I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> it popped in my head right when you said it. <laughs> I'm thinking of the piano keyboard, like the piano. <laughs> that yeah. And our good uh, old singer. Yes. <laughs> Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yes. Um, and precious stones as well. So it was lost and destroyed in the 5th century AD. Um, it is only known due to many ancient Greek descriptions and representations on coins and other things, but there's no actual, you know. It's just kind of been carried on and carried on. And, and, yeah. yeah. yeah story of so, it. and then the seventh one was the Temple of Artemis which is also known as the Temple of Diana. It's in present day, or was in present day Turkey. It's a Parthenon kind of looking place. Um, it was destroyed in a flood and rebuilt. It took 10 years to complete, but then this version was destroyed um, in 356 BC by Herostratus. They thought, um, it's thought that he, like, he was a slave, maybe, and he committed arson because he wanted to become famous. So. To this day, a hero stratus is a person who commits a crime for notoriety. Oh. So he became notorious. Uh, I'm That's just what he was say, trying to do. I don't even do. want to bring into present day times, but there's a <laughs> exactly. whole shitload of those people out there yes, right now. Yes, there are. But yeah, I couldn't, <laughs> I, and I had never heard that term before either, mm. but apparently a hero stratus is a person who commits the crime for the notoriety of it. Um, so that is the ancient wonders of the world. So then the ones that I could name, because <laughs> of course, <laughs> they're a little bit 
Oh, not ancient. Um, the oh. new wonders of the world <laughs> new was wonders. a list. Yes. Well, it was a new list made in 2007. So, oh, which, okay. I mean, to me, it's just yesterday, right? So, right. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see what's on this oh, list. I'm curious. I, well, <laughs> I wanted to see if you might know anything, of, um, might, might know any of them. Like, right. if you think of man made buildings or. Maybe a this wall somewhere. Oh, there's the great, the great, the great, great wall of China. It. See, I told yes. you, you knew one. Well, yeah, so, give me a little hint. So I might be able to pick up on it. Uh, this one's in China and it's really long. <laughs> so the Great Wall of China is actually the first one. It's a series of fortifications built across the northern border, and it was used for protection, control of immigration and emigration, uh, and imposities, <laughs> and imposition of duties oh, on imposities from that. Sorry. Well, I just put the words together. I Hello, talk. I know. <laughs> imposition of duties. It there was a way for them to stop people so that there was a way to collect duties on goods that were transported along the Silk Road um, as it served as like a transportation corridor. So uh, the main well-known parts that we've all seen pictures of were developed during the Ming Dynasty. Um, two, the second one is Petra. It's AKA Red Rose City, and it's due to the red rock that it's covered in. Oh, okay. It's in Mon Jordan. It's in uh, the archaeological city in Jordan. So it's a major trading hub, thus becoming a wealthy area and the capital of Jordan. Um, access to the city is only through a long gorge. So it's like a, almost three quarter of a mile, so like over a kilometer um, long gorge called the Sik or Sikh. I'm guessing it's Sikh. Um, mm -hmm. It's a hugely tall carnivorous area. It is a UNESCO heritage site and it's Jordan's number one tourist destination. Oh, so wow. Anyone wanting to go to Jordan wants to go to Petra. Huh. Um, three, we all saw um, on the Olympics that were in Brazil, Christ the Redeemer. Oh, yes, yes. yes. So that's right. Yeah. It began being built in 1922 and opened to the public on October 12, 1931. Okay. It is in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Yeah. Um, it's an Art Deco statue of Jesus created by a French sculptor and built by a Brazilian engineer with help from a French engineer. A Romanian sculptor did the face, um, which is like at 98 feet tall, which is crazy. If you include its pedestal, it's 26 feet higher even when you it, see it like just on tv or pictures you no. can't even imagine no i mean unless you that, look or, and see like oh look there's the ant oh but no even that's it's the like person. doesn't justify going to those places no. and actually feeling like what oh. that must feel like to see that right unbelievable but unbelievable so crazy so it's located at the peak of the 700 meter corcovado mountain in the to nah, you'd think i would have looked at how to say these to to wuka Tayuka National Park. Maybe that's some homework for me is to actually learn <laughs> You got through it. You got through it. Oh, okay. my word. Um, Machu Picchu in Peru. Um, it was built in AD 1450 in the Yorubamba province. Um, it is the Incan Citadel in southern Peru. So it's not truly known what its use was but the theory is that it was built as an estate for an incan emperor pachacuti oh. the radiocarbon dating has it being inhabited around 1420 to 1532 and then it was abandoned afterwards um, there's three primary structures intiwatana which is an astronomical clock or ritual stone it was found in 1911 only so from yeah from being there from 1450 yeah. to 1911 it was found um two is the temple of the sun and three is the room of the three windows that one has been um, continually being restored since 1976. they've oh, just cool. been continually working on it while people go and you know i know a lot yeah. of people that have been to machu picchu i actually have um a step niece that lived in peru for a little while and went to machu picchu um another one that i've wanted to go to because i 
like Mexico is Chichen Itza. So <laughs> that was from 1600 AD, and it was a large city built by the Mayans. The ruins are federal property now. They're maintained by an archaeological society, and it's one of the most visited sites in Mexico, of course. Oh, the ruins. Yes, yes. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So six is the Colosseum in Rome, Italy. Okay, yep, yep. That was in um, 80, <laughs> 80 AD. It's an oval amphitheater in the center of Rome, east of the Roman Forum. It's still the largest standing amphitheater in the world today, which, oh. yeah, I think that's so cool. That is pretty neat considering all of our yeah. structures um, we have out there now <laughs> and stuff. It was built during the Flavian or Flavian dynasty, so it's sometimes called the Flavian Amphitheater, although I had never heard that before today. So um, it was built with travertine limestone, volcanic rock, and brick-faced concrete. It can hold up to 50,000 to 80,000 people at different points in its history. It was, of course, used for gladiator contests and public spectacles such as battle reenactments, executions, dramas. Um, they stopped using it in early middle medieval era. Um, earthquakes and stone robbers, of course, have caused it some ruin. However, it's still important to some, especially in the Roman Catholic Church, as the Pope leads a way of the cross procession that starts around the Colosseum on every Good Friday. Oh. Its likeness is also used um, in the, oh, it's on a Italian version of the five cent euro coin. They use a picture of the Colosseum. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All that kind of stuff reminds me, this is going back a little bit. I know they've redone this movie, but Clash of the Titans. Oh, But when yeah. you watch like the 80s, like clay version, <laughs> almost, <laughs> which I love. But the beginning, right? Because it's all about the gods and like they're in the, yes. yeah, that sort of like. Absolutely. Type thing. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Anyway. And then the last one you could probably guess if I say India. The, is the Taj yeah. Mahal there? Okay, I'm yes. trying to think of like what these things are so like that I've heard of before because I'm really not good with my geography. But Taj Mahal. Yes, it's in Agra, India. It was completed in 1648 AD. It's a large ivory white marble mausoleum and it was con commissioned by the emperor Shah Jahan to house the tomb of his favorite wife, Mumtaz Mahal. It also houses his tomb as well um, when he was buried later. Uh, construction cost about a billion dollars U.S. and it put 20,000 people to work. It still attracts more than six million visitors on its grounds every year, which is super crazy. That's, yeah. And then they added the honorary Great Pyramid of Giza on the list still because it was man-made, even though it was still considered part of the ancient wonders oh, of the okay. world. They included it on this list too. Because it's still a man-made, yes. It was still it, a man-made It still technically thing. falls under that category. Yeah. So then I also thought it was cool. So again, this is from the New Seven Wonders Foundation. They did a couple more um, little lists of, of things. So they listed this, um, these wonders of nature, which are like beautiful places in the world to go, regardless of what theory you believe in, whether it's Big Bang or divine intervention. Right. Um, and so I wrote these down too. So number one is actually one I thought was cool. Um, my sister has actually been there. It's called Iguazu Falls. It's on the border of Argentina and Brazil. It's the largest waterfall system in the world. So if you think about how many times we've all been to Niagara, or at least you and I've been to Niagara, <laughs> and we think that that's big, it is 275 distinct falls and islands in this wow. place. 275. No it's idea. most of the falls. Yeah, most of the falls are on the Argentinian side, uh, and Iguazu means big water. Well, it's, yeah. yeah. So the first, <laughs> right? The first European to record the falls was a Spanish conquistador, Alvar Nunez Cabeza de Vaca, which I I think that means cowhead. Believe it or not, Cabeza de Vaca. If I am, someone correct me, please. But Cabeza de Vaca should mean cow head of cow <laughs> i don't know in 1541 it, it um, meant something then <laughs> I, yeah um it is the sixth greatest average of annual flow believe it or not even though there are 275 distinct falls uh, -huh. uh waterfalls themselves niagara still produces more annual flow Oh, than okay. the, these falls. So Niagara is the fifth. This one is the sixth. So it still puts right. out all of those. They're a lot smaller in um, 
in nature. So there's they're not as wide as you would right. think of as Niagara Falls. So Eleanor Roosevelt saw them and said that they were, um, she called them poor Niagara because they're a third shorter than Iguazu. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Um, Number two is called Halong Bay in the Quanning province of Vietnam. It means descending dragon. So there's thousands of limestone karsts and aisles in various shapes and sizes. Many ancient cultures have lived in this area and it's a popular uh, tourist destination. I actually think one of the people that we went to elementary school with um, has been there. I want to say I've seen some pictures that he's posted from there before. Oh, okay. Um, And it looks absolutely stunning. Take on all all parts of the world after school, Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why, you know, little tangent, but as much as I hate Facebook, I also love it because there are so many people I would not even... Pros and cons to I, everything in life, I right? Know, so yeah, but that's kind of cool to see other parts of the world you never would have seen if you didn't Absolutely. have people on there, right? Absolutely. Or even just to kind of see it in their eyes as opposed to like, you know, National oh, Geographic. Sure. Or yeah, I, exactly, or looking it up right? online, you're getting like a personal, yeah. Yeah. So and... the third one is called Jeju Island. It's in the province, uh, the Jeju province of South Korea. It's the largest island of South Korea and the most populous island of South Korea. It's in an oval shape formed by a volcanic eruption of an underwater volcano about 2 million years ago. Um, it's a temperate climate. It hardly ever goes below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So below our freezing point. Um, and it's a popular holiday desti- destination. So a lot of the South Korean economy depends on the tourism from this area. Okay. I've never, you know, I, I need to start looking at pictures myself. I'd I never, <laughs> heard these aren't that. places that I would think of as for vacation, but from my sister who has been to multiple places that I would have never thought to go and looking at her pictures after, it's just unbelievable, some of them. Um, so this one is number four is the Puerto Princesa Underground River. It's in Palawan, Philippines National Park. It is protected. It's limestone and mountainous with caverns, and lush flora, um, forest, Ready. rainforest. Yeah, it's just stunning place to be. I'll have to ask. I have a friend who just returned from the Philippines, um, went back home to go to nursing school. And um, I'll have to ask her if she has been to Palawan, Philippines. Um, number five is uh, Table Mountain, which overlooks Cape Town, which is one of the three capitals of South Africa. It's a flat-topped mountain. There's a cableway and hiking trails to the top. Uh, 8,200 plant species live there. Um, lots of animals. The most common being the rock hyrax, which looks like a prairie dog. Okay. Um, leopards, caracal, baboons used to roam there. Um, and it's the only place to have the Table Mountain Ghost Frog, which apparently is aptly named. But I guess it's pale green with purple and brown splotches. So it sounds pretty neat. Oh, I'll have to ghost that frog. That's kind yeah. of bizarre. Eh? Yeah. Well, if I had done a better job, I would have gotten some pictures for you and oh, put them okay. up here. But you later know. on, we can add those later. That's right. We'll put those up <laughs> on our Facebook peeps. Um, number six is Komodo Island. It's a Republic of uh, Indonesia and it's the habitat of Komodo dragons. Okay. Um, there's about 2,000 people um, that are that live on the island, and they're descendants of criminals that had been exiled to the island and then have since been born, and that's just oh, where they live this, now. Yeah, that's interesting, that though, eh? <laughs> So it's a popular diving destination, so mm. apparently lots of scuba. Um, controversy on whether it, or not it's closed for conservationism versus jacking up the prices to raise money in 2020 because of... COVID. Okay. Um, and it still contains one of the world's seven pink beaches. Ooh. One of them is there. Seven is the Amazon rainforest. Yeah. Um, it covers a lot of the top of South America. Most of it's within Brazil, then Peru, Colombia, and small amounts in Bolivia, Ecuador, French Guiana, Suriname, and Venezuela. Um, it's a large biodiverse area in the world that has 30, oh my gosh, 390 billion trees and nine percent indigenous peoples there but you know save the rainforests everybody save the rainforests um another list new seven wonders that are cities oh they just listed cities that are amazing to go to so durban south africa 
Vigan, Philippines, or vegan. Havana, Cuba. You've been mm. to Cuba, haven't you? Yeah, I didn't make it to Havana because okay. I was a little sick that day. Oh, <laughs> hungover. Got it. inflicted <laughs> Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, Beirut, Lebanon, Doha, Qatar, and La Paz, Bolivia. So I thought it was really interesting that a lot of those places that you would never think to necessarily even go. Oh, there's so many are places I haven't even heard as, of. Like, you haven't even listed heard as of them, wonderful you know? cities. It's like so crazy. Yes. Um, here's some that I want to go to. It's the hmm. new seven wonders of the underwater world. Oh. So one is Palau, which is a um, a country in like off of um, New Zealand. Oh, OK. Um, Belize Barrier Reef, the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, yep. um, deep sea hydrothermal vents, which you can find them worldwide, I guess. But they're saying that that's pretty cool to go to see Galapagos Islands in Ecuador. Um, Lake Baikal in Russia and the mm -hmm. North Red Sea. So the, that borders Saudi Arabia, East Yemen, Egypt, Sudan, Eritrea, and Djibouti to the west. So to go there would be super cool because you can basically be in a million cities at once. It's just, it's just wild. I, even just when you look at the map. <laughs> oh, I know. So many places I have never even heard of or would even think. And then... Um, just to go through a, a quick list, in the industrial world, the new seven wonders of the industrial world, okay. the SS Great Eastern is a British ocean-going passenger steamship. It launched in 1858. Apparently that's super cool. The Bell Rock Lighthouse, it's in Angus, Scotland. Brooklyn Bridge, New mm -hmm. York City, um, which opened in 1883. Oh, the London right. Sewer System serving oh. london england since late 19th century i don't I, obviously since it's the industrial world it must be an amazing feat to have yes undertaken all of that the first transcontinental railroad which is um 1912 miles that continuous railroad line connecting um, existing rail networks from east us to west us and it was completed in 1869 the panama canal Right, um, yeah. which is a 51 mile artificial waterway that is, crosses the isthmus of Panama and connects the Atlantic and Pacific oceans. <laughs> the Atlantic and Pacific oceans and the Hoover Dam, which is oh, in the Colorado yeah. River. Yep. Spanning between uh, Nevada and Arizona, Arizona, completed in 1936. And please, people, if you visit the Hoover Dam, don't keep trying to get that great picture. Oh, yes. Yes, up, I think you have up. mentioned that. Yes. <laughs> So one that I thought you would think is super neat is the Seven Wonders of Canada. Oh, yay! So it was done um, on CBC with online voting. So online, uh, you know, take it for what it's worth. But number mm -hmm. one was Sleeping Giant in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Okay. Niagara Falls, of course. Yes. The Niagara River, Ontario. The Bay of Fundy. Yep. Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. Nahani National Park Reserve in the Northwest Territories. The Northern Lights. The Rockies in Alberta and BC and the Cabot Trail, which is on uh, Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia. Yes, I have heard all. Yes, I had heard of most. I had not heard of, you know, the, I don't, I know nothing of the Northwest Territories and you'll have to school me on what the hell none of it is because clearly I don't know the hell of none of it. Well, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we, we'll give you yeah, I don't all know what the of the none of it. There you go. And then the last one I wrote was the U.S. Natural Wonders. It's the top 10 list for the U.S. So Grand Canyon, Yosemite, Redwood um, National Parks, Denali's National Park, Niagara Falls, Yellowstone, Kentucky's Mammoth Cave, Maine's Ooh. Acadia National Park, Monument Valley, and the Kilauea Volcano. Those were the ones that were listed for U.S. And I think I have only been to maybe two of those. Yeah, I've heard heard of most of them. Yeah. Again. Yep. I don't. But again, <laughs> I like being in my own backyard. <laughs> yes, you do a little too much, but I will teach you some geography by the time this yeah, is over. Let me tell you. <laughs> I like <my> Ontario. <laughs> I know you do. I, I know like, you do. I like being on this side of the border. No offense. <laughs> Yeah, well, I actually have to see if my passport's up to date because <laughs> there's no way well. I'm getting it right now. <laughs> but yeah, I 
from listening to the trivia podcasts and stuff, I really wanted to go over the actual wonders, you know, the ancient wonders of the world. And then I found all of those other well, lists. You branch off, right? And you and dive I, into things. I love it, though, because I did not know, like, <laughs> more than half of that. Well, and all of it is so wonderful. I mean, as crazy stupid as people are there are still some wonderful things that have been done and built and made and there is a lot and it's kind of neat to go back like what we like doing with this podcast yeah. is kind of going back in history a little bit and maybe and one of these, these days and yeah. and, and maybe one of these days i'll I'll actually answer one of those trivia questions, right? <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> Maybe one of these days I will. Yeah, I don't just know. keep listening to us over and over again. Everything will stick in your head. And then maybe all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, I know that. Where did I hear that? Oh, yeah, I heard that on Friends and Factoids. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. right. So what you got for me today? Back in episode one, we touched upon the Carolina Caribbean Corporation and its bankruptcy in the land of Oz. Oh, 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 yeah. That ring a bell. And Abs I promised <gasps> I would revisit this yes. part of why they went bankrupt. And I did a little dive into what happened at the Fountain Valley Golf Course on St. Croix. Sweet. All True right. crime nuggets. Woo-hoo. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. Close your eyes. Picture this, if you will. Okay. A beautiful island day on St. Croix. Well, you visit the Fountain Valley Golf Course built by the Rockefeller Brothers. Nice. You're sipping away some sippy sippy. And it's the afternoon of September 6, 1972. All of a sudden, five armed masked men enter the Fountain Valley Golf Course, rob the bar, the pro shop, and the guest. They shoot eight people dead and wound seven. Holy cow. So for the purpose of the story, I will note that the victims were all white except one worker who I would assume was accidentally shot. Okay. From one article. So by nightfall, they had still not been apprehended despite the intensive search. U.S. Marshals and the FBI agents began to arrive. The command post and headquarters for the enlarged force of law officers was set up in the pro shop of the golf course. Okay. The perpetrators were five Virgin Islanders, Rafael Joseph, Ishmael Labitte, Moral Smith, Warren Ballantine, and Beaumont Giraud. Okay. All five defendants were convicted on multiple charges of murder, assault, and robbery and sentenced to eight consecutive life terms. Oh. They're not getting out. No, they no. weren't getting So the public's perception of the racial motivation for the killings and the fear of further violence led to the steep decline in tourism in St. Croix, as well as bankruptcies for those who had investments on the island. Right. For sure. I'm sure a lot of, like you said, like people weren't wanting to go there for fear of what happened. They didn't feel safe on the island. For sure. So Joseph and Valentine testified that they only planned on committing a robbery and that things got out of hand. They said that Labitte was adamant that they also make a political statement. Okay. Labitte had told them he was angry about foreigners coming in to take our money and leaving us with nothing. Okay. Large number of whites from the U.S. mainland migrated to the island, which threatened to overwhelm Virgin Islanders in their culture. So I just want to note... Um, as I say that, that I did find out here that the U.S. actually purchased the island from Denmark in 1917. Okay. So in some of the, um, the uh, you know, um, articles I read and such, it, it spoke of like the island life. And then, you know, once white America yeah. yep. started coming over and they built a refinery on the island, promising yeah. jobs to the locals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, so those sorts of things are where that um, motivation seems to be stemming from, from the articles that I've read. So according to Joseph, during the commission of the robbery, Labitte suddenly began shooting people just out of the blue while yelling, I hate you white MNFers. Whoa. The men have claimed brutality when arrested and questioned. They argued that they were wrongfully charged and convicted. So there's actually um, some Pretty interesting articles. I went, most of this information coming up is from the government of the Virgin Islands versus Giro. 
So it's from um, like their court. Like his case. Okay. Case, okay. Um, so all of them, um, after arrested, have all claimed some sort of brutality. Smith, he was the first defendant to be arrested. He um, was brought into custody just before dawn on September 7th, so the morning after okay. the murders. He claims he was knocked to the ground as he emerged through a window of his room. He was kicked, banged with the police car door, and repeatedly threatened. Tortures included pistol whippings, electric shocks. There was a lot about uh, cattle prods. Oh, okay. Um, To ears, genitalia, and like beatings. And so that's what he pretty much had claimed. Well, Um, I guess if he was the first one, they were probably trying to get him to tell who his co-conspirators were, Or where everyone else was, right? Because they just kind of took off after into the mountains, right? Like they just fled and just took off. Um, There is also claimings of hangings. So apparently they were taken to a nearby tree on the putting green. They were pulled off the ground about 20 times and returned for further questioning. So basically they would like hang them until, you know, you're almost like ready to drop you down quick. And then so apparently that happened. So Giroux. Brutal. He was arrested the day after Smith in the mid-morning of September 8th. I'm sorry, which one was this? Giroux. Okay. Um, He claims the police told him that helicopters and ground troops would be called in to kill the beat, Valentine and Joseph, and that only he could save them. Ah, So he was taken into custody the next morning. Okay. He claims he was awakened by a blow with a machine gun, um, like to the head, um, shocked with cattle prods, and then taken outside and repeatedly hanged from the tree until he almost passed out. Is Um, Is it bad that I'm kind of like at least somewhat happy that it is not the FBI or the American police people. They were all they... there. So the U.S. Marshals and FBI are there. Oh, so they're still they're all there. Yes. Yeah. Everyone um, all came in like in the beginning there. They all came and set up ground or set up. I guess their I shouldn't camp, be surprised. Right? So they had to call them in for something yep. like that. Right. But apparently from what I've read, they're claiming it was only the local police that were yeah, doing I'm the brutality, sure, uh, but no one else. Yeah, I'm sure we kind of stood by and watched. Yeah, but. well, yeah, that's how that goes, right? Knows. <laughs> Moving <Yeah>. on. <laughs> Lavie, Valentine, and Joseph were finally arrested together on the early afternoon of September 12th. So Lavie claims that intervals of approximately 30 minutes to an hour, the local police inflicted systematic tortures on him, while the FBI then questioned him without without violence. Okay. So the tortures include beating, shockings, kicking, placing a black uh, plastic bag over his head, oh, yeah. um, and dripping water down the nostrils. Oh God! Until near brutal. suffocation. So it said like a rag in the mouth, and then just pouring water down the nostrils. Um, a sergeant drove Labit up a dirt road and threatened to put a knife in his hand, shoot him, and make it look like an escape attempt, oh. because he wanted him to find um, to locate a one of the machine guns that were hidden. Okay. Valentine claims he experienced the same sort of tortures as Labit, and Joseph, again, claims the same sort of tortures. Um, apparently on the morning before the arrival of his court-appointed counsel, he was awakened with a blow from the gun butt. Okay. Um, the cops wanted information as to location of one of the guns. So you can go on to the Case Law Access Project. It's Harvard Law School, Case Law Access Project. Um, And that's where some more of this information came from. And, of course, all the counts of brutality were dismissed. Um, There were just too many holes in the stories. Um, They didn't show any signs of injury. Um, There were too many witnesses between the FBI, the local police, and the U.S. Marshals that someone would have said something. Be- mm, yeah that's what they, they claim in here <laughs> exactly um yep. and then that they were hung in such a very public place like someone would have seen that but okay. regardless if they seen it doesn't mean they would have said anything especially right. back in that time and who knows right well yeah i'm sure everyone was afraid well yeah exactly and i like it, it's interesting to read up on I, it took a few articles and stuff there's not a whole lot of information. No, it sounds like you've got quite a bit, though. That's but, pretty... yeah. So, um, Joseph received a pardon from the governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands in 1994 after serving 22 years in prison, but he died four years later due to a drug overdose. Okay. I wonder so, why he was pardoned after all of that. 
Yes, I did not look into that. I mm. just kind of read that he was pardoned. And then the same thing, his brother, um, who was a St. Croix attorney, he wrote a book called The Fountain Valley, 1972. Oh, okay. Cool. So Joseph at that time said Labitte was a Vietnam veteran who returned from the war addicted to heroin and that he planned the robbery gone bad and the other four went along out of peer pressure and fear. So okay. apparently he held a gun to Joseph's head to ensure his participation so his brother didn't really talk to him about, um, from the article I read, about, to his brother, Joseph, about this until like after he was out of prison. Okay. Um, let me get here. So the other three served 29 years in federal prisons before returning to the Virgin Islands custody. Hmm. And then retransferred to private prisons in the United States. So they're still in those prisons today. Oh, so the, the rest of them are alive. Oh, except. Except oh. one. Oh. Love eat. Oh, okay. Okay. So the one that's um, said to have killed everyone, who's yeah. the one that kind of took it in his own hands and decided to make a political statement. So in 1984, after serving 12 years of his sentence, he hijacked a plane that was returning him to the stateside prison after a court Dude. appearance on St. Croix. How do we not know any of this? <laughs> so he was filing, because like, there are always filing lawsuits, like against yeah. the, pr- the brutality and um, why he was constantly being moved from one prison to the next. So if you look into the things, you'll see like, oh, this year all of a sudden, then he was moved to this prison and then to this prison. And I don't know, maybe that's what they do with people. <laughs> I'm not sure. So yeah, those are I the mean... sorts of things he was kind of contesting, right? Okay. Um, so it was unsuccessful. And so while on, while on the plane back to the U.S., he emerged from one of the plane's bathrooms with a gun in his hand and hijacked a plane to Havana, Cuba. So apparently his mom smuggled in a small Beretta piece by piece when visiting. He used tensor-type bandages to tape it to his sack. Okay. And we're in the 70s. No metal right. detectors. No... Well, there were metal detectors, but they weren't used because he was in cuffs. Sorry. And I'm thinking the 70s, the security is a little oh. more lax. Like he was on a regular plane with cuffs that, that they undid crazy. while he was on the plane. Right. Okay. So yep. you're skipping the metal detector because he has to walk through the airport with his hands covered. With his hands on. So it was kind of like he's on there with these two guys, but on the plane, um, but no one else kind of knows. Yeah. They look right? like guard down, apparently. So apparently yeah, we've all seen the movies. <laughs> well, the, a lot of this I'm going to get to that was actually from a documentary I watched. Oh, cool. Levite is confirmed to be living at large in Cuba following an undisclosed amount of time spent in the Cuban prison. And he was out early for good behavior, apparently. Oh, so he got arrested great. for the hijacking. But he's in <laughs> Cuba. And due to the extradition treaty between the U.S. and Cuba, Explicitly prohibits the extradition yep. of persons who crimes are of political character. So Ugh. right now he has been granted political asylum in Cuba. Great. He now calls himself Ismail Muslim Ali. He's one of the top five most wanted U.S. fugitives who have been granted asylum in Cuba. And I'll tell you, that's a whole topic on its own. I had no idea. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I had no idea. There was like a whole bunch of people. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a fairly close place to And they to can't come, to, back, right? to, like, come yeah. back to the U.S. Yeah, you'll be arrested, but you don't have to come back. Exactly. So the FBI officials say it's almost impossible to verify leads about fugitives believed to be in Cuba. Um, if Labit or any of the others are there, it would take a major change in U.S. relations with Cuba for them to be brought to justice. Oh, so I pretty much you're never going to get yeah. them back, right? They'll probably die before we get them back. Exactly. <laughs> so I did watch, uh, it's a Canadian documentary film. It's called okay. The Skyjacker's Tale. It was directed by Jamie Kastner and released in 2016. Oh, cool. It was um, premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. Nice. So that centers on um, Ismail Muslim Ali, formerly Ismail Labit. Um, it mixes some interviews um, from Labit himself. Um, there's some, you know, re- reenactments of the hijacking. Okay. And there's some other commentary in there about people who um, can't believe that he's out still and not caught and the other ones are in jail and like he's right. apparently living this life in Cuba and 
you know, type of deal. And he's been basically set free while the others are like stuck. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that was it. I was just going to say, did you, um, do you know much about who they killed and what, like, Oh, I was, yes. Um, That was the thing. No, I wanted to find more information on the victims. Yeah. But it was really hard to find anything. I only found one article which speaks of a woman who was supposed to meet her friend on the island for lunch. But then she remembered, um, I think like her housekeeper or something had an appointment or someone had an appointment and she had to stay home. Um, It might have been the nanny or something, maybe um, watching the children or something like that. I remember that she had to stay home. So she didn't go to the island and her friend did not survive. So had she went to the island, she probably would not have survived that day. Right. So there was that. And like a little bit about Labid, I guess he was enlisted in the army uh, while in Vietnam. He became disappointed of Americans, um, the nonsense killing of the villagers. And we've all heard about Vietnam War, right? So um, he no longer wanted to be a part part of it. He said he was quitting which you can't really do, but he was dishonorably discharged. Um, He then went to New York and joined the Black Panther Party in 1968. 1970, he went back to St. Croix, and then 1972 came, and well, we're back to the top of the segment, and you know what happened after 1972. So yes, uh, the victim part, I was, I I did try to look just to see if even... um, yeah, names or... Yeah, but but it was mostly the uh, uh, the white America coming over type of deal, right? So that's what I'm looking at. Could have been people living on the island. I don't know. But that well, was, that's the thing. seems it's to amazing. be the racial... Um, yeah, it's amazing that it's it. not um, talked about more. Like, you know, a lot of times they don't want to glorify the actual perpetrators of an event. They're trying to talk about the people well, and, and that's the what I wanted to do I wanted really... to bring that to justice a little bit for them right. too and I would have done a huge segment on them I focused on him because he was where I could get the information about yeah. right well um, that's so weird huh. but I couldn't and I've looked like victims of this like victims of that now I right. don't know if there's any books that may have them in I'm not sure but it w- just counted like the number of people and it just kind of said the whole yeah, racial that, motivation. It was racially, yeah, racially uh, seemed to be basically uh, motivated, and that there was like just the claims of all the brutality and stuff. That's crazy. And, yeah, it was pretty. Well, interesting, I, it though. was cool for you to go down that road after learning about it. Yeah, the whole so land like, of Oz or the... happened there, and then it ended up being quite of an interesting story. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, like you always say, the rabbit hole that it you know stuff takes you down. Well, I hope you've uh, learned a little bit about the wonders of the world. The quiz will be next week. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to us over and over and over I, again. Let us right? infiltrate your brain. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're like, on episode subscribe. six, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for today. We hope you come back for number seven. All right. Take it easy, everybody. See y'all soon. Hope you enjoyed the show today. We would love for you to email any fun facts based on our chat or comments to friendsandfactoids at gmail.com. That's friends, the letter N, factoids at gmail.com. We'd also love to have you along for our next episode. You can subscribe to our show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please rate and review us. We appreciate the feedback and it also helps us to be discovered by more people. Always remember, you're beautiful inside and out.